0: Welcome in the wonderful name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. I'm glad you could join me again today for this very important message from the Word of God. Uh, a few weeks ago, we started this uh, new series of messages. It's actually already part number five, and we're calling it, Now What? Now What? What's Coming? And today's message is, the beginning of and the end now let's repeat real quick let's recap on what we have said so far we're going through the book of revelation which is the last book in the bible of 66 book in the entire bible of 27 books in the new testament this is the final book it's the climax it is incredible and it has 22 chapters and we have uh, glanced over the first five chapters in the last uh, four weeks. And in chapter one, we see how John, who wrote this wonderful book, he has a vision of the glorified Jesus. It's a glorious vision. It's an awesome vision. He doesn't see the crucified Christ. He sees, he sees the resurrected Christ, the resurrected Messiah in all his glory. It's incredible. Right there, we get the understanding, the very important uh, understanding that it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not the revelation of the Antichrist or the beast or, you know, the, the final judgment. Though all these things are in there, it is mainly and primary the revelation of of Jesus, our Lord, God Almighty, the Word of God, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now that's what the book starts with. And it ends the same way by Jesus coming to this earth, creating a new heaven, a new earth, Uh, the the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven to the earth. But let's take it step by step. The second message uh, we did, so the first message was chapter 1, how he sees Jesus. The second message we did was on the seven letters to the seven churches in Asia Minor. And uh, we didn't look at all seven letters. We basically just picked two of them out, Ephesus and Laodicea, and but the message basically to these seven churches is a message that applies to all of us today, for all churches of all times, everywhere, and the global church of Jesus Christ as well, now and in the past and also in the future. And the message, I believe, is very simple, be ready and live ready and Be ready and live ready now. So it's about what we do and how we live today in the midst of persecution and challenges and all the things that we go through in life, all the temptations and such. And, you know, conquering and letting our light shine in this world As well. The third message was chapter four, where actually John is kind of caught up to see heaven. He sees heaven, he sees the throne of God, he sees the one sitting on the throne, and he sees worship going on. That's what it's all about. Actually, One of the major themes of the Bible, and especially the book of Revelation, uh, the Apocalypse, which means, you know, revealing or uncovering, is uh, revealing Jesus and worshiping uh, God, Yahweh, and the Lamb, which is Jesus Christ, as we learned in last message, uh, the fourth message, chapter 5, we saw the lion of the tribe of Judah, which is the lamb that was slain. We, we learned the lion is the lamb, you know? Uh, it's the same person. And the lamb opens that book, or actually that scroll with the seven seals that is placed in the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. So we have here God the Father. We have Jesus, the Lamb of God. We see both of them being worshipped, which uh, shows us clearly that uh, Jesus is God. He is one with the Father. He is part of the Godhead. And he deserves worship. Because John, actually, a couple times in the book of Revelation, was so overwhelmed that he... Wanted to worship the angel that showed him all these things, and the angel stopped him and said, Don't do that. I'm a creature. I'm an angel. I'm a messenger of God. I do not deserve worship. Only God is to be worshiped. Jesus took worship. Yahweh, the Father, took worship. Jesus is God. So that's the first five chapters. And um uh, let's just recap on this also. The scroll what does it include? It is uh the story of God, I believe from eternity past to eternity future. It's it's the whole story of God of of creation, but mo- ma- mo- mainly of redemption, of judgment which we will look at next week and restoration. So we have redemption. That's what the lamb did on the cross by shedding his blood. For our sins, that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have eternal life. Then we have judgment. The only question is, you know, what's that look like? We, How does God judge? There'll be a very interesting message. Don't miss next week. And then we have restoration. And all of them in chapter 4 and 5, all the creatures of heaven, all the angels, all the messengers of God, all the saints that have that are already in front of the throne of God, you know, the the believers, all of them, what they're doing is they're worshiping the Lamb, and they're worshiping Almighty God and the Lamb that was slain. Now, what are they singing about? What they're singing about two things, about the worthiness of the Lamb. You are worthy. Um, His holiness, holy, 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 but His worthiness and meaning his value his worthiness he's the only one who was worthy to open the scroll and to open the seven seals and his sacrificial death on the cross so and that's what the lamb of god is jesus gave his life he sacrificially gave his life and he knew they, when they kill him, when they would kill him, that's when he would bring the victory, because he needed to die for us so we could live. He was buried. He was raised from the dead once again, and uh, he conquered death. By the way, Jesus is the lion and the lamb, but the lamb is the lion. The lion is the lamb. We 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 said that very clearly. Uh, you can go back to last week's message from from this. Point on, 25 times, 25 times uh, in chapter 5 all the way through the end of the book in chapter 22, 25 times the Lamb is mentioned. Jesus is mentioned as the Lamb. Only one time in chapter 5, by the way, He is called the Lion. That tells us so much. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He is a king. He is the King of kings. He is here and he will come back to rule and reign on this earth. But mostly and mainly we have to understand that he is the Lamb. If we don't understand that very fact, we will not understand Revelation really. And there's so many people who read Revelation in the wrong way. I've done it, maybe you have done it. Uh, you know, there was a time in my life I didn't even for years I didn't even read Revelation or the book of Daniel, because, you know, I was, end times, by the way, the word end times is not in the Bible, uh, but that's a different subject, Uh, uh, but, you know, we're in the last days, and we're getting closer to the last days, and uh, if we don't understand that Jesus is central and and the focal point, and that worship, and the throne of God is central and the focal point. We will not understand Revelation. We'll have all these, you know, crystal ball type of way of looking at Revelation, and that's not what we want to do. We want to look at Revelation responsibly and 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 the way God intended for us to read it. And don't rem- don't forget, it was written to seven churches. They were true believers of Christ. And a true people, true church, not symbolic, this was seven churches, and they needed encouragement. They were facing a severe persecution, and uh, they needed to be encouraged and motivated and just, you know, giving a given a good, uh, right message. So, uh, but when we don't understand that the book was actually initially written To those people in the first century and the main messages for them back then, if we don't get that, we will have problem understanding and we will get all these weird theories and speculations and, you know, all these things that are attached to this awesome book, which should actually give us the most glorious picture of Jesus, him having the victory over hell, death, and the grave, him conquering and bringing um, you know, heaven back to earth, bringing a new heaven, a new earth, restoring all things. And today, don't don't miss, by the way, next week, we'll talk about the symbols in Revelation, and we'll talk about what the symbols mean, and we'll talk about judgment, what that will look like, or what what that should look like uh, we will begin today with the end you heard me right we did the five first five chapters now now we're going to go to the end of the book chapters 21 and 22 and after we do that we will go and ask ourselves the question what does that mean for me for you for me for us today now in the last chapter of the bible uh, Revelation 22:13 13, it says, I am the Alpha, now Jesus is speaking, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. That's basically three times saying the same thing. You know, the Alpha was the first letter, and Omega the last letter in the Greek alphabet, first, last beginning and the end see that's where this thing is going he will restore everything he's the creator he's the finisher he's the beginning and the end he's the end goal and today we want to we'll answer two questions number 1 what is the end goal what's the end look like what's the end goal you know is this world going under or Is it actually going to be a new heaven, new earth? And I believe we have every reason to be optimistic, hopeful about the future because Christ is our hope. He's the hope of glory. Of course, the world is in trouble. It's always been that way. Sin is destroying people and the planet and everything around. But that's not the end of the story. He will come and restore everything. So I don't preach uh, the end of the world. I don't preach uh, total destruction of the world. The, wor- the world will change, but God has not given up on us or the planet he's made. He will make all things new. So what's the goal? What's the end goal? Number two, what does that mean for you and I today? What... Uh, what will that do in our life? What kind of results, effect, what effect will that have for us today in the present time? So let's answer the first question. What is the end goal? Thanks for asking. Here it is. The end goal is, I already mentioned it basically, it is complete restoration. Now do yourself a favor, uh, whether you have read the Bible for the fiftieth time or never read it and you're reading it now for the first time read the first two chapters of the Bible Genesis 1 and 2 and then read the last two chapters of the Bible which is Revelation 21 and 22 Genesis 1 and 2 and then Revelation 21 and 22 and you will see there's a lot of similarities and uh, because the Bible is one story it is one narrative one story being told that leads to Jesus and we with him and we are in Christ now but we will be eternally with him in his presence now let's let's Read a verse from the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis 1, 27 and 31. That's two verses. It says, So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. God saw all that He had made, and He was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So we see that God in the beginning, uh, He created everything. And then at the very end of His creation... He made mankind in His own image, and He said it is very good what He has made. So He made a very good world, a very good earth. The world now is sold out to to the enemy of God. In in chapter 3, the thing went south. Adam and Eve sinned. They were naked. Now they were ashamed because of sin. And God promised the Messiah in Genesis 3.15 who would crush the head of the serpent. So uh, right in the first chapter of the Bible, we see that God made everything and that all things were created very good. Interesting, every day when God created, He said it, it was good. It was good. It was good. And when man was made and everything was finished, He looked at it and said, It's not only good, it's very good. So we are created in the image of God. We are imagers of God. So that's how it begins. It was a perfect paradise. It was Eden, paradise on earth. Now, that is incredible. And we are made in his image and in uh revelation 5:10 it says they that they will reign on the earth it says you have made them to to be a kingdom that's talking about you and i actually that's talking about all people who trust christ whether the ones who died already or are living right now or yet to be born all who are in christ believers in christ you have made them to be a kingdom you're you're a king You're a king, he's the king of kings, he's the Lord of lords, but, but he's our king and we are part of the kingdom of God and priests to serve our God. A priest is simply someone who has access into the holy of holies, into the throne room of God. Um, and in the new testament we are all priests we all have access direct access you don't have to come to me to confess your sins you don't have to come to me to get to god you can go directly into the throne room of god hebrews 4 it says let us come boldly to the throne of grace hebrews 4 verse 16 Uh, so uh, they will reign on the earth and in chapter 22 the last chapter again verse 5 it says there will be no more night, they, they will not need the light of, the, of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and here it comes, and they will reign forever and ever. They, again, is those in Christ, those who are with Him. So now, we're going to go to the last two chapters of the Bible Now, that was the last chapter right there, but now I'm going to read quite a few verses from the last chapter in the Bible because we're going to look at the end. And we're just going to read it, and uh, then we're going to see what the end goal is, how all this is going to play out at the very end. So let's go. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, it reads, Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. So it's not, a, it's not a fairy tale, it's the truth. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. What, verse 9, one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls uh, full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God it shone with the glory of God and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel like a clear as crystal nothing impure verse 27 will ever enter it nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life now to be written in the Lamb's book of life means to be accepted by Jesus to to trust him fully those who believe in him Have eternal life, John 3, 16, Romans 10, verse 9. Confessing him and believing uh, in his resurrection. So that was chapter 21. Read all of it. I just picked out the the, the most important verses for this message today about what the end will be like. Now let's go to chapter 22, which is the very, very last uh, chapter in the Bible. Because it still talks about our final state and the end goal of all things. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse a curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants, you and I, if we believe in Him, will serve Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and there will reign forever and ever. We heard that before already today. Verse six, the angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. That's what I was referring to earlier. Listen to this. But he said unto me, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of this scroll. Worship God. So we see here that uh, uh, angels don't take worship angel worship is unbiblical it is unholy it is wrong and an angel will never accept worship only god and the, uh, a true angel and a true messenger and a true preacher and a true pastor a true leader in christ all christians will always point you only to worship the lamb of god jesus christ look i'm coming soon my reward is with me and i will give to each person according to what they have done that's the rewards we get as christians I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you you this testimony for the churches i'm the root and the offspring of david and the bright morning star the spirit and the bride say come see we have a, we have this invitation now from for the, the holy spirit god's spirit and us the bride we say come come and let the one who hears say come let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who w- wishes uh take the the free gift of the water of life, anyone who wants it. He who testifies these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Now, I mentioned it, it said dogs there. Dogs in Philippians 3, 2. Dogs are referred to as people who are against the gospel, who are enemies of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our future. It's very optimistic. And I can declare as a believer in Jesus, maybe not on, 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 on this earth the way it is now, but eventually the best is yet to come. You know, on this earth, we'll have tribulation. We'll have sorrow. We'll have pain. We'll have tears. But we know we have a new earth, a new heaven coming and we will reign with him forever and ever. We will rule and reign. Those who have received the grace of God and the gift of righteousness will not only rule here on earth over, you know, over over the, our mind and and over over life, living for Christ, and over temptation, over over persecution, but we will also rule forever and ever and ever in the new heavens and the new earth and the new Jerusalem. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to them, for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So this is our future. You trust in Jesus? This is your future. Now, what's the end goal? A complete restoration. This world will not go under like many say. This world will not be Be destroyed in the way many people think. No, we will get a new heaven and a new earth. That leads me now to my second and final point, but we want to spend some time there as well. So now we know what the end goal is, and it's complete restoration. It's the new creation. See, we already are the new creation, we're born again. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. And the same thing will happen with creation in itself. It will be made new. How shall I live now? Now. Not tomorrow. Not, you know, uh, sometime in the future. How shall we live now? How shall you and I live now? Very simply, as a ambassador as an ambassador of jesus christ as an ambassador of the kingdom as an ambassador of the king we are ambassadors of a new kingdom jesus prayed your kingdom come and actually that started already when he completed his first assignment when he came the first time the kingdom of god he said will be inside of you it'll be in your midst. And we don't wait for a future day. We live now as ambassadors of the king. Let's read 2 Corinthians 5:20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. He has given his life accept his outstretched arm of grace and receive it so we are ambassadors in we're not from this world we live in this world we are like daniel in babylon he was not from babylon he was from jerusalem he was from the holy city he was god's god's man but he lived and served in babylon and we he was an ambassador of god in babylon and amongst the persians and medes as well but uh we are here on this planet to be good and, and 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 great ambassadors of the king of the kingdom of Christ. Revelation is a wonderful, wonderful book and and when you read it right, it's wonderful. If you read it wrong, it may scare it might scare you and bring fear. but that's not what's what the book of Revelation is all about. I think we we kind of need to, redeem or or set revelation free from this stigma from this reputation it has as this scary book now i'm now almost 50 years old i'll turn 50 in a couple months and uh, you know i've been in this thing since the early 80s when uh, my parents became christians Uh, they were catholics but just nominal catholics and they received christ at a full gospel business men's meeting, which uh, it was, it was a cool time, but it was kind of, kind of awkward, kind of crazy, you know. They had prophecies, and they, you know, and they were talking about Jesus coming back, and and so it was exciting time, but it was also, um, you know, looking back now, uh, there was a lot of excitement, but a lot of lack of understanding. And I have experienced three times in my life this end-time virus or end-time fever. And uh, in the early 80s, you know, I actually heard speakers and preachers say Jesus will come back in in this decade, in the 80s. There's also books written and stuff. I don't want to mention that too much, but I actually heard... You know the people around my parents and 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 our family in this uh, Christian circle. There was no not really any Christian churches in Austria where I'm where I live, um, but you know there was a lot of excitement. And but Jesus is coming back, and I mean I I didn't even think I was gonna get married or have kids or or even grandkids because I thought Jesus is just coming back. You know because you know. He's just coming back. That's what we heard, and uh, then uh, twenty years later it was this Y two K. You know the the computer crisis. You know when the when the the the, the date switches over from from December thirty first, nineteen ninety nine to January first, two thousand. You know the computers will crash. I, I don't know. And those books written again and again. And there was also all this end time. Um, World going under apocalypse type of um, you know fever going on, and now we have it again, you know corona I heard somebody say recently that the coronavirus is in revelation chapter six, you know, so we have people now proclaiming the coronavirus is you know uh, the end of the world it's you know it's 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 part of of the coming Antichrist, and 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 it seems like all every 20 years or so, every generation or so, uh, there's a time where there's this end time virus, <laughs> and uh, I want to vaccinate you against that end time virus. You know, I don't know what you think about other vaccinations. You know, I'm a little skeptical, but uh, but whatever. Uh, but the end time virus, the end time fever. Uh, is is not healthy it really isn't by the way the word end time is not in the bible just it says last days in the bible and but you know it it grabs us this end time fever end time virus grabs us and hollywood makes movies uh, that you know that show the world going under and 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 skyscrapers uh, crashing you know falling down and and waves crashing and flooding the world and uh, conspiracy theories though not everything is a theory that has the word conspiracy in it some of the things you know uh, might be true because god is uh, satan is the god of this world but we have all these things coming you know in extremes and we need to watch out for that and because it, it influences our thinking and then it leads to burnout uh, many times. It leads to burnout. People are burned out with the book of Revelation like I was. I mean, I was really frustrated because I didn't get it. And uh, uh, we shouldn't be so end time focused. We are, we, are, we are kingdom people now. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of Jesus Christ now. And we are uh, citizens of heaven now, Philippians 3. Verse 20, we belong to the king of kings now. In Luke 22, Jesus said, and I give you a kingdom, just as my father gave me a kingdom. So we are part of the same kingdom. Now, how does an ambassador live? Uh, How should he or she live? And what should an ambassador of Christ be all about? Well, we should be light of the world, Matthew 5, 14, salt of the earth. Matthew five thirteen, it should motivate us to live in a certain way, the way we live our daily life. See, God is a God of the now. He's not a God of the future, a God of the yesterday or the past. Well, He controls everything, past, present, and future, but He's the great I Am. Not the great, you know, I will be or I was. He is I was, I am, and will be, but He is Yahweh, the great I am. And so God is in the now. He has no stress with time. He also in eternity has a whole different way of viewing time anyway that always, you know, know, Amuses me when I when I see uh, end time experts, so-called end time experts, getting their calculator out, so to speak, and trying to figure out the date for certain events to take place, because they read about the seven seven years and the thousand years and and the four hundred ninety weeks in Daniel, and they and they get the calculator out and and uh, I mean, there is obviously prophecy in these things in the five hundred ninety weeks of Daniel for sure. Uh, but, you know, it, it, we can't figure out a date. We shouldn't figure out a date in everything, especially when it comes to the return of Christ. There's no date that we can figure out. And all attempts have failed uh, and have actually proven that people failed. And, you know, and then they changed the date and then they changed it again. And, and that's not what we do. We need to be ambassadors of Christ right now. And here how do we live in this world that should be our motivation let's look at romans chapter 12 it says this do not repay anyone evil for evil be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone if it is possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone do not take revenge my dear friends but leave room for god's wrath for it is written it is mine to avenge i will repay says the lord on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So we carry the gospel to the world. We are kingdom people. We are children of light. It says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8, for you were once darkness. Yes, we were. We were lost in darkness dead in our sins, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. So we actually push back the darkness. We are light of God people. We, we are um, people who are uh, bringing light into the world. We are the growing mountain that is described in Daniel chapter 2. When you remember that that statue with the gold head and the, the silver chest and arms and the the bronze uh you know thighs and the and the the iron legs and then the toes of iron and clay and then that rock comes flying and uh, towards the statue and crushing it and out of that rock which is christ by the way will grow on ever-increasing mountains So christianity is a cro- we're growing the kingdom is growing now you know um uh, there's more Christians today than ever before. You know, look at China. It's a persecuted place, but, uh, but there's a growing, growing number of Christians. Christianity is growing, and uh, uh, it is absolutely awesome when we look at this book of Revelation, our future, the end goal, and how we belong to the king we are part of the kingdom of God, and we're pushing back on darkness. We are a kingdom of light people. We are kingdom people. We are a growing mountain. Even in Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about that mountain. It is awesome. And Our mindset should not be, everything is bad here, let's get out of here. That's an escape uh, theology escapism our attitude should be not to escape but to shine we are here to make a difference we should not have this mindset i want to get out of here can't wait for the rapture no 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 we are difference makers now we are not here to flee we're here to shine we're here not to escape but to shine let's look at romans 13 and uh, in verse 11 through 14, and do this understanding the present time. Wow, we should understand the present time for sure. We live in the last days for sure. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor. The weapons, the armor of light. We don't fight with a physical sword or with with guns and and, and war like, like the world does. We fight with the armor of light. The armor of God. You can read about that by the way. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, the armor of God, and that's how we are to live. So what's our what's the end goal? Well, complete restoration new heaven new earth new jerusalem and being in a place where there's no tear no, su- no no tear no suffering no no lament none of that it will be bliss and joy forever and ever so focus on jesus focus on now focus on the here and now and let us please make a difference As kingdom people, let us love our neighbors as ourselves. Let us love God. And, you know, everybody talks about Jesus coming back soon. I believe that. All Christians of all times have proclaimed that. And we would be the first generation that actually experiences Jesus coming back. But honestly, I don't plan for it in my lifetime. Uh, I hope he does. And I'm looking forward. I can't wait for him to come back. But I'm planning long term. I'm planning to become an old man hopefully and uh and I'm planning to live like Jesus is not coming back but I'm ready I want to be ready at least I want to be ready uh, if he comes tonight but let us not speculate every generation has done that in the 80s I was part of that I mean I like I said I honestly believed I'm not even sure if I get to have a family I'm not even sure if I get to have kids and though I loved Jesus I was like weirded out by that I I was you know so yes Jesus is coming back soon but that was true 500 years ago that was true 2,000 years ago that was true after Jesus went to heaven as he rose you know from the dead and ascended to heaven he says I'm coming back I'll be back and he will be back and Our attitude should be living responsible lives as shining in the world, light and salt, as he is not coming back, but being ready like he's coming back. I want to be ready for him to come back tonight, but I don't expect him to come back tonight. But I'm ready if he does. That's how we live as Christians in this world. Now let me give you two very important things as we close. Number one, This is to take away, please. Let us trust God with our future. That's the message of the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worry for itself. Seek first the kingdom and all his righteousness. One verse before that. But don't worry. Trust God. And that's why uh, in the Bible, divination and, and horoscope and all the... The ways that people try to figure out the future is prohibited. It's, it's sin. And we should not even dabble with that. But many of us, a lot of Christians, I've noticed, have that unhealthy desire to know too much about the future. No, our mandate is to trust God with the future. I can trust Him with the when and the how. I can trust my Heavenly Father with when it happens and how it happens. I trust Him completely don't be obsessed uh from you know by the future or the past you don't live in the past anymore it's gone give it to christ he will forgive you and don't be obsessed with the future trust god with that as well and number two we want to be passionate followers of christ passionate followers of christ our focus should be now. Now is the time. Now God loves you. Now he wants you to receive him. Now he wants you to become a dedicated, fully dedicated follower of Christ. Now he wants to to build his kingdom in your life. Now he wants you to love others and to love God. Now he wants you to forgive. Now he wants you to build the kingdom. Now he wants you to Restore relationships. Now he wants you to help feed hungry children and be thankful. And don't be so fascinated about the end times. Trust God, and it's not so much what you know, it's how we live. And my goal is healthy Jesus followers. My goal is not to have a perfect end time theology. My goal is not to have a perfect theology anyway. I mean, all of us err in some ways. I want to have a healthy theology, but most of all, I want to have uh, a ministry that produces healthy Jesus followers. Not, uh, you know, uh, crazy-sounding sermon titles which get you all these YouTube uh, views or likes. it's, It's nice when people watch sermons—that's great, but the, the, the goal must be not the spectacular, but the the real life in Christ, the the fruit of the Spirit, and the love, and you know, healthy, healthy Christians, healthy followers of Christ, and that's what I want for you, for me, for our church, for everyone that claims the name of Jesus. So, what do we do? We Trust God with the future, and we live as passionate disciples of Christ now. We know what the end goal is. It's a new new, new place, a complete restoration. And we also know that uh, we are to live as ambassadors of Christ here and now. Let us pray. Dear God, I thank you for everyone watching. I pray that your will, your plan and purpose be done in his or her life. I pray that you do a great work in them, through them, and that you give us this kingdom of God mindset about making a difference in the here and now. Lord, if somebody is watching that does not know you yet, Jesus is Lord and Savior. I pray that they would come into the kingdom now by making the decision to follow Christ and to confess him as Lord and Savior. If you want to do that, do that right now. Say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I believe that you died from my sins and that you rose again from the dead. I accept you now. I confess you now as Lord and Savior of my life. I believe you are raised from the dead. I'm now a child of God. I'm now part of the kingdom of God. I'm now part of the kingdom of light. Help me to be an ambassador of light to this world. In Jesus' name, I love you, and I'll see you next week. Don't miss it.